WSJU Radio, DJ Mad Max on the air here for the Conspiracies, Crimes, and Curses podcast, and my co-host is currently on the airline right now. How you doing tonight, Tony? No, Donnie is in the booth with us tonight. Hello, Tony. Always am. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, very, we did. Very uh, successful. Do you know how many people, uh, how many signatures did radio get? We do got you know? over 100. Yeah, uh, we were at 86, I believe, was the exact number. But uh, the Film Society also had like 132. That's good. Yeah. It's really good. It's all about commitment. They got to commit and show up to the e-board meetings, general body meetings, stuff like that. Exactly. And you'll be able to tell how many members you will be able to recruit. So does Tony know what our uh, subject for today's uh, episode is? I believe is? he does. Right, Pavetta? Oh, what was it? Sports conspiracies. Oh, all right. So I think we should just break down right into the nitty-gritty of things, in which one topic we were talking about last week was so, OJ. Oh, actually, I want to start with what is probably the biggest, like, true sports conspiracy, just, like, within sports itself. Okay. Um, but the Michael Jordan suspension retirement. Ooh. So Michael Jordan took a year off from basketball, as everyone knows. He played baseball for that year uh, with uh, with the Chicago White Sox, who was also owned by the same person that owned the uh, the Bulls, mind you. So some people thought it was just a way for him to stay in shape. Uh, but the reason that people suspect a suspension was that uh, Michael Jordan had a bit of a gambling problem. Now, it's a big no-no in uh, in professional sports. To gamble. Yeah. As we all know, Pete Rose. Yeah, just like with Pete Rose. Yeah. But at the same time, how are you going to suspend Michael Jordan? Yeah. Like, you can't do that to him. And what's funny is I never heard of this before until you brought it up to me. Really? Yeah, I never heard this theory before. Yeah, I- This theory would make sense then. Uh, Michael Jordan also said during his retirement press conference that he, quote unquote, uh, or he might come back to the NBA if, quote unquote, David Stern lets me back in the league. So he he really might have been pressed to retirement. Because if David Stern, uh, it makes too. uh, There's reason. There's reasons for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's weird when you think about it, gambling, and you think about issues that surround athletes today with, like, steroids and domestic violence and, you know, just doing, like, 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 like stupid things, like drunk driving. But when you think about gambling, that's, like, it's a very odd fight for an athlete. Very, yeah. like, unusual. Yeah, Absolutely. Because there hasn't been a gambling scandal, really, other than Pete Rose. No. Right? Like, mm, I can't. Th- I can't think of one other than Pete Rose. I can think of that. Um, who was? What was the name of that? Of that referee? That, that the uh, NBA ref. 
That was like that was like. Oh, the two thousand two. Oh wait, is that the two thousand two Western oh, well, Conference I have, I have a list. It's the of people who gambled. Professional athletes. All right, read it off. Alex Rodriguez. Really? Yes. Major League Baseball's biggest concerns with A-Rod's involvement in the poker games is the presence of cocaine, the amount of debt he may have incurred, and whether or not his activities have led him to betting on baseball. A suspension may not be in the cards for A-Rod, but at the very least he'll have to suffer through a stern scolding from the commissioner. Charles Barkley. Wow. And that's not yeah, a surprise because he's good friends with Jordan. Yeah, that whole generation was was big into gambling and stuff like that. Maybe it was just like the the uh, the uh, trend. I have no idea. That's crazy. It is. John Daly is also on the list. Who else? John Daly. What sport is John Daly? Golf. Golf? Yeah. Um. So yeah, golf is like the one big golf scandal that really has happened is probably the obviously it's Tiger Woods. So. Yeah, yeah. But also, thing with John Daly, that's mm. not really going to make the airwaves that much. The thing with Tiger wasn't even that bad. It was just that it was like it's just that it, it was, there was cameras that pointed at it. It was that we it was happen we saw it as it was yeah. happening. Yeah, it wasn't it, like. Just reports came out like we saw his wife with the yeah. with taking the nye iron to the Cadillac. It's because people, it's because it was a, it was like a symbol of the American people watching, you know, a hero to American sports just like just like tragically falling. Yeah, yeah. It's like it was it was a very tragic fall, and obviously Tiger Tiger picked himself up back in the game. He won the. Uh, the uh, Masters this past year, so I mean those Incredible. those those horrible things still aren't forgotten. He, uh, he 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 went to the he, he went to the podium and apologized for those things in front of his mother and his his ex-wife and his kids and in front of the entire world. And you know, I feel like Tiger, you know, paid paid his dues to the best of his ability. And he came back, and he won probably the biggest tournament in all of golf. <laughs> the hardest, like probably one of the hardest tournaments, may I add, the Masters. So, mm-hmm. those are like, those are just scandals that like, you know, that that was probably the big scandal of golf. But, but who else on that list, Max, you got? Oh, uh, well, let's see here. Wayne Rooney, soccer, oh. soccer star, international soccer player. I've yeah, heard that British. name before. Let's see who others. Art Schlitcher? No, not What's familiar. Football, NFL. Hmm. I think its name is Schlitcher? Schlitcher? Something <laughs> something like that. It's kind of a hard name to it pronounce. <laughs> yeah, any, I mean. any other notable names on that list? No, not like notable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pete Rose, but we already... Yeah. Everyone knows that already. So... Let's launch into our next. This is a little. Uh, uh, what's the trilogy of? Uh, oh, or is it two? This is my favorite team, right? Uh, it's a duo of conspiracies. So the first being that in 1985 NBA draft, the New York Knicks it was rigged 
so they could get Patrick Ewing. Really? And then the same exact thing with LeBron. But uh, that is because, uh, well, Patrick Ewing, he was he was the guy coming out of college. Yeah, in New Georgetown, York. right out first pick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and New York was kind of struggling for so long. It's, you know, the bit, like, you know, no bigger market than New York. I wish it happened last year for the Knicks with Zion, but hey. <laughs> You only get one. Yeah. Uh, Adam Silver wouldn't let that go down. You know that. Yeah. Uh, but the person placing the envelopes in the bin seemed to, like, he kind of put one off, like, a little bit to the side. So, like, but granted, like, they kind of spun it up, but it would have made it easier for Stern to keep his eye on because he knew which one was already, like, the Knicks one. And then there's also some theories that say that the Knicks envelope was frozen. So that way Stern could point it, uh, pick it out before uh, opening the envelope. Exactly. Wow. So he just announced. Oh, wow. Mm. Hey, no, why didn't the Knicks do that? Oh, well, they could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but who knows if that's even true? I mean, Stern. I wouldn't be surprised if Stern was a backdoor deal kind of guy like that. Yeah. Especially going back to the whole Michael Jordan thing. If Michael Jordan was doing stuff worthy of a year suspension. Like, it's better to do that backdoor table. Yeah. Or backdoor deal. The commissioner, David Stern, back then, was one of the most revolutionary commissioners in sports. Because he looked out for, like, those those big market teams and looked to, like, you know, put them on the map. He was, like, and he was really big in terms of, like, the uh, the uh, players' union and again like the uh, CBA structured and stabilized because the NBA went through decades of just having CBAs and that just weren't working and players weren't like ever getting paid and so David Stern yeah you you, you you can expect him to act in that certain that sort of way because he always tries to like pull pull strings in certain ways that that, that could be sketchy. He was just that, that type of guy. I got a conspiracy that relates to the draft. What if it was rigged against the Knicks this year? Possibly. You know Who I knows? Mean? <laughs> maybe maybe uh, Adam Silver wants uh, – what's, uh, what's his name? James Dolan out. Yeah, maybe. See, I don't believe that. Because <laughs> like, maybe, maybe it was rigged for the, for the uh, Pelicans, you know, to make them, you know – to make guys like Anthony Davis think twice before they want to get traded, mm-hmm. you know, because the whole that whole Anthony Davis fiasco was just taking up so much of the airwaves. Yeah, it was he, rough. He didn't even get traded until well, I think it was wasn't it? It was after the lottery, but was it before the draft that, that he got mm-hmm. traded? The the trade, I think it happened before the draft. But it might have even happened before the lottery, but because it, it had to wait to be official. Yeah. So like it was like the agreement was set in place. Uh, I don't know if that was before the draft or not. I know Max is looking it up yes. now. I, I still can't believe that that the Pelicans got that got that number one pick. They were at like at, at a freaking ten. What was it? A freaking ten percent probability to get the number one. Well, that's part of what Adam Silver wants to do. He really did not like uh, the trust the process and everything going on in Philly, um, which is why he put in he got rid of Sam Hinkie and put in uh, Brian Coangelo. 
Um, uh-huh. And then look how that turned out for Coangelo, where he was a hot mess. Yeah. Had burner accounts sharing, like, secret uh, secret medical info on Twitter as an anonymous account. That was a whole I mess. I can't find any information on whether it was after or before, but... And all of Collargate with him. So uh, his secret, his, his secret Twitter, like he always wore like a collared shirt, both like the top two buttons down, but like the collar was like really tall. Who is this again? Brian Coangelo, oh. former former GM or president for the Sixers. Okay. Um, he like a lot of his tweets, at least fifty percent, were defending the collars on his shirt. He was like, "No, the collar's not that weird." It's like, oh, it's a nice shirt. That's not a weird collar. What's the conspiracy behind the collar? Is it? No, it was just like it was just like he wore like this really weird collar. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's it's really stupid, but it's really funny. (laughs) And he always tweeted about it. Yeah, and it was that and that Markel Fultz doesn't have any work ethic and that he messed up his shoulder, like very specific details about his shoulder injury, which he by law shouldn't have said. But. So oh, wow. I I don't think Adam Silver would have rigged uh, the lottery because he wants it to he wants the lottery to be a lottery. He truly. claims he does. Like as a Knicks I fan, I do. I felt beat. Yeah, I no, felt I get very that. beat this off season. Yeah, that's why like the Sixers, we like we made like we were perfect. We broke the we exposed it, and we don't even get punished for it. Yeah, no. If anything, like we were rewarded because we had the rights to the Sacramento pick if it became the number one overall pick with yeah. some miracle. But they were, we got our picks. Then they were like, all right, so we got to make everyone, <laughs> like, we got to give everyone else more value. So it was like the Sacramento Kings went from like a 3% chance to like a 7% chance. Mm-hmm. And it was like, all right, like that's, oh. a, you know, you're doubling our odds. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, yeah. he sent me a, text the other day you did trying to ruin my day about jamal adams yes. following the jets <laughs> and taking it out oh, of his boy. bio you heard about that tony oh i did and you know and well it was disproven you went on uh he, he did some interview on espn radio and said that he still has faith in this team and he's not giving up but i mean he, he jamal adams is one of those guys that that just wants to win so badly and when you have, like, when you have no pass rush and you have no one on the on the other side of you in the secondary, I would be very frustrated too. Mm. You know, very hard. That team is just yeah. The, the, this whole Sam Darnold thing is so crazy. And this is where it, fa- it, it falls in this category of the show. They're cursed. The Jets are cursed. I I've never heard about a professional athlete getting mono. It's so bad. Only the Jets. It really is. But looping back around to the NBA draft, uh, there's also uh, conspiracies that it was rigged for the Cleveland Cavaliers after LeBron had left. Because as we were just saying, it's a draft lottery. But in every year uh, LeBron James was gone, except for one, the Cavs had the first overall pick. Not once, Only once did they miss out on those odds. When it's only like a thirty-three percent chance of getting it, they got it three times because they got it in two thousand eleven, uh, two thousand thirteen, and fourteen. That's right. Uh, I remember watching the lottery on the television screens at the time and being like, "They're winning every year." 
they they turned those picks into Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love. Uh, obviously, they tra- uh, the it was Andrew Wiggins, but yeah. they traded for Kevin Love and Anthony Bennett. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Bennett, former Brooklyn Net. That didn't work out too well, but <laughs> they tried to uh, revive his career. Maybe maybe find something that uh, nobody else could, but it just didn't just didn't happen. But if you talk about conspiracy with like Cleveland, I mean, LeBron is basically from Cleveland. I mean, I know he's from Akron, but I mean, he's basically from there. So yeah. It, yeah. it's kind of a co- I don't know if it's a coincidence, but. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, the stars align. Exactly. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's tough sometimes to kind of just think that it's just like, oh, it's it destiny. It just happened, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's too good well, to be true. Yeah. And in that case, I, I think little, it is. I got a little sports conspiracy for you, too. It is in basketball. Do you think that Phil Jackson purposely, purposely um, sabotaged the Knicks? When you were there. Uh, now, you as a the, fan may think that. But it's there, that's so like, funny. Actual evidence. It's possible. I mean, there is actual evidence. I mean, if, if Phil Jackson gets another chance in the league and he does well, then yeah, he was sabotaging yeah. the Knicks. Only but. the Knicks. They had to overpay him, number one, to even get him to sign. Yeah, he didn't want to. They forced his hand. Yeah, I think he was getting paid what, like twelve million a year, something like that. Yeah. Oh, Phil, we want you to be our president. No, I'm I'm good. Ten million dollars. No, I'm good. Twelve million. I I said I'm good. Fourteen. Well, I guess I had. <laughs> Fine. Donnie's doing the best impersonation. If that'll, of that if that'll get you to stop calling me. <laughs> I'm not gonna scout. I'm not gonna do any trades. I'm gonna fall asleep at the workouts. I'm, I'm going to yeah. fall asleep with the workout. Yeah. I'm going to trade away Chris Stops. I, I, uh, you know what? Evidence could be maybe he maybe he secretly wanted to be coach. And Dolan was like, was like, no, you're not here to be the coach. You're here to be the executive. I think I remember actually reading something like that. He, I think he did. He was involved with the coaching staff. And there was times where he'd hold practices as the coach for the Knicks. Wow. There was. With Jeff. With Jeff Hornacek and like no, it was, it was Jeff Hornacek. Oh my God, I hated him. Derek Fisher. Oh, Derek Fisher. Oh Derek boy. Oh. One, he signed Derek Fisher to a, a five-year contract, <sighs> fresh out of his playing career. He just retired. Like, oh, come and come and coach my team. Did not work. He traded um, he, he traded a bunch of players. He traded like I believe uh, Ray Felton and Wilson. Handler to, to the Mavs for Jose Calderon and Samuel Dallenberg. Oh my! Like really they got they dumped the whole team. Killed the whole. He, he signed. Uh, he, he signed Derrick Rose and Jokic Noah. Okay, I'll admit I was hyped for when they signed Derrick Rose. I was because I always loved Derrick Rose as a player with the Bulls, even though yeah. I knew he wasn't going to be the same player he was those yeah. playoff years and MVP year. But I loved Derrick Rose. So getting him in the Knicks was a big deal for me, even though it fell through and he went missing. <laughs> he went MIA. Yeah. When they couldn't and find him. Yeah. And, and Frank uh, Yeah. Right before getting fired. Hey, you you address him and by his real name of like FIBA were like USA killer. Yeah. And he destroyed this USA team single handedly in this World Cup or whatever is happening. Oh, yeah. 
Let's we'll see him come back and do that for the Knicks now. That's he really might. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I get, I get like, I get like nervous for like Steve players because that's where uh, I think that's where uh, Paul George like to destroy his foot. Oh yeah, his, his ankle. That leg injury. Really, I didn't know that happened. Not an yeah. NBA game. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's right. So I, but I mean. Listen, any Knicks fan could look at Phil Jackson and just cringe and just say, oh, yeah, like, he did that on purpose. <laughs> but maybe he was just not that good of an executive. Like, it just like it just didn't translate. Oh, he was a disgrace. He was horrible. No, that's very real that sometimes executives can't, like, or coaches can't be executives and the other true. way around. Um, but we're going to move on to the next uh, conspiracy oh, I have for you. So, Cal Ripken Jr.'s... Uh, most fo- most famously known for his Iron Man streak in baseball, played like over two thousand consecutive games. Apparently, there's a conspiracy that uh, there was one game where he couldn't play. Uh, it, it was the game that he was supposed to break the record. Uh, he couldn't play because he got into a fight with Kevin Costner. Oh, the and, actor? Yes. Oh my god. He got god. into a fight with him. Uh, and so the Orioles caused an electrical outage to cancel the game. So that way it would be pushed back a day oh, wow. to give Cal Ripken Jr. an extra day to play. What do you make of that conspiracy, Pavetta? Uh, that's crazy. It makes sense. You know, the Orioles back in those, back in those late 90s had some pretty good teams. They had, they had around the top. They had around the highest Jim Palmer baseball well, well Jim Palmer was um uh, Jim Palmer was was retired at that time yeah but, that's right yeah but, but, but Ripken, Ripken was, was a beast the man. He yeah was the Iron Man of baseball so it, it, it would make sense as I said Baltimore was in the within the national eye in baseball it's not like today where they're losing over 100 games it's a different time they had a much better team so if they thought that this was going to help out, then it makes sense. Now, I don't know why he, why would he fight with Kevin Costner? <laughs> yeah, that's that's like the biggest wild card to why? this. Is like, it doesn't explain why. I uh, It gives like a hyperlink to, uh, to like the original story. Uh, and it's like, this thing's from, like it's a webpage from like the 90s. Like it's at it's ESPN actually, um, but it's like one of like I can't even describe it. So it's it's a lot narrower. It's not a modern web page like at all. It ha- it's yellow, which I don't know when ESPN ever went by yellow. Um, but yeah, I have no clue why he would get in a fight with Kevin Cosner. But next we're going to move on to one of the most famous where it does involve a little bit of gambling. Uh, the referee, that his name we were looking for earlier was Tim Donahue. Uh, he had spoke about this. He was not involved in this scandal, but he shared some knowledge on it. But uh, it was the 2002 Western Conference Finals. Uh, apparently, Game 6 and Game 7 were rigged to save the Lakers' seasons. Or season, uh, the Sacramento Kings were leading three to two in the series, and uh, they were leading in the fourth quarter, about to eliminate the Lakers. 
Then in the fourth quarter, the Lakers shot 27 free throws. 27 in the fourth quarter alone. They scored 16 of their last 18 points at the free loaf. Free throw line to win the game, to win by four points. Uh, the Lakers obviously went on to win the championship that season, uh, but uh, rather recently, Tim Donahue, who uh, who resigned and uh, admitted to gambling on NBA games, uh, he said that he heard that that game had been fixed, but he he was not working that game, but he heard from other refs that that game was fixed. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. It is. I mean, yeah. I mean, the Lakers are a, are a national brand. I don't even know if it's like one of those things where it's like, I don't think the Lakers had any part in it. I think it was probably just the refs, maybe David Stern. I don't Do you think it is maybe to like appease some, some, some facts that were going down? Yeah, actually, that might have been it because I can't imagine referees, if they're betting on games and betting on betting futures for um, betting futures for the NBA season, like betting on champions all the like way before the season begins, I can't see them picking the Sacramento Kings, but I can see them picking the Lakers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that might be it. Save some people some bets and some money. Yeah. And could you imagine that NBA Finals that year? It would have been the Sacramento Kings and the New Jersey Nets. Wow. That's that's a that's a nice rating. That's, <laughs> that's two very you know, small markets. That's I mean I mean that's that's the that's the definition of parity. Yeah. That's literally like what parity is supposed to be. But if they were going to see some bets, it would it would make a lot of sense. It would. The Lakers. Alrighty, so now let's move on to the biggest conspiracy in football, uh, the New England Patriots. Oh, uh, they did it. Which one? Which one do we want to start with? Oh. Spygate or Deflategate? Let's start with Spygate. Alrighty, so for Spygate, uh, the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick were caught spying on the Jets during a game. Of course. Uh, the team gave the league tapes, which were later destroyed. Uh, of course. They were just, like, nowhere to be found. The The league was just like, oh, we don't have them. It was like, no, the Patriots have them. Patriots, oh, we gave them to the league. No one, no one had the tapes. Uh, and apparently uh, the Rams secretly – or they, te- they taped the Rams' walkthrough before the 2001 Super Bowl as well, which that was the year of the greatest show on turf. Mm-hmm. And – that was one of the best offenses of all time. They showed up to oh, the Super yeah. Bowl and they they looked awful. So, eh, who knows? I don't know. Who, who really knows? I mean, why were the tapes destroyed? Yeah, and apparently though the tapes did not include anything from the Rams walkthrough. But again, like. There was no – the NFL couldn't back up that statement because mm-hmm. they didn't have the tapes even though they, like, were handed over. But who knows. Uh, and then for Deflategate. Those destroying the tapes have Bill Belichick's fingers all over them. I would not be his, surprised. His paws all over them. I also, like, I'm, 
I wouldn't be surprised if that was like a commonplace thing at that time. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, taping uh, signals during games and whatnot. Because, you know, you try and get every advantage you can get. But just like in baseball, people try and steal signs all the time. Yeah. Uh, usually, yeah. usually the second baseman and the umpire. Yeah. The pitcher it's and the umpire. Not right, but it happens. Yeah, it does. It, it happens. Yeah, it's just, it, it's un, I think it's unfair once you get cameras involved. Because if your signals are so easy that someone can just follow along and figure it out, that's on you. Just like the Yankees, though. They've been caught up in all kinds of things. Oh, yeah. You know, steroids. <laughs> uh, well, we haven't really stole signs. And, I mean, we haven't had a real steroid case since, since Alex. Well, there there was that, that list uh, oh, yeah. all that time oh, yeah. ago. The one that had Big Poppy on it. Yeah, um, well, that was the uh, Mitchell Report back in Yes, the Mitchell Report. Uh, I love – I forget whose quote it was. It might have actually been David Ortiz's himself, but he said that the only reason he was on there is because it was a New York Times article. Uh, and just about – there was like maybe like 20 players or so. I don't remember how many there were. But there were only like three that were non-Yankees, mm-hmm. so he had to throw David Ortiz in there just to <laughs> just to appease, make New Yorkers oh, feel yeah. better. It was a random drug test, but they didn't tell them what the drug test was for. It was just you know you take random drug tests throughout the season, but they didn't know that it was that that like you know their names were gonna pop up on this on this list, and yeah. they're all gonna get you know blacklisted. But yeah, it was a long time ago. But with Deflate Gate, so uh, we obviously know what happened. Brutal well, Colts game. We don't obviously know what happens. Uh, the Patriots are in uh, the AFC Championship with the, or was it the divisional round? It was the championship, was AFC championship. championship. Okay. Was that with, yeah. Uh, was, was, was with the Colts or, or, or was this with Andrew Luck? No, it was with Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, early Andrew Luck. Uh, this was the, was it the year of the Atlanta Falcons? Was it that Super Bowl? I think this was the Seahawks Super Bowl with uh, Malcolm Butler. Interception. No, I, they won the Super They've Bowl. They've been to so many so Super Bowls, have, we can't even remember it must, it must have been super, uh, the Super Bowl with uh, Atlanta because yeah. there was also a lot going on in that game, too. There was, yeah. there was like four or five blatant missed calls during the, the, the Patriots' comeback, but we can go into that later. Oh, I uh, Yeah. <laughs> so... Tom Brady throws an interception uh, to the safety uh, for the Colts. He takes the ball to the sideline. He, As he's, like, running with it, he's squeezing a little bit. He's feeling it. He's like, this feels a little light, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, and he goes to his training. Uh, he goes to the equipment guy. He's like, this ball feels a little light. He's like, all right, well, we'll look at it. And the ball was about one PSI uh, less, than, less than it should have been. Which no one no one knows how it happened because the balls get checked by the referees before the games. Mm-hmm. The referees said they were fine, and then there's about like an hour window where only the only the ball boy has like access to the balls uh, or the equipment manager for each team. So people think that Tom Brady went to him in that time. There was evidence. There was text messages, and Tom Brady destroyed his phone. Yes, he did. He destroyed so the phone. They, the league asked for his phone, and he was like, I don't have it. And it was just like it broke. He did it. And I I don't know why he would feel the need to destroy his phone if, if there he was had nothing, nothing to hide. Yeah, exactly. He destroyed his phone. He knew what he was doing. That whole organization knows what they're doing. 
They deflated the balls. And you know what I don't get is why everyone dismisses it. You ever notice that? Everyone dismisses it. Oh, that didn't happen. Well, it's because there was no, like, proof. That was the thing. It was that, wait, no, that couldn't have been the Falcons Super Bowl because he was suspended that year, I thought. I think it was the Seahawks. I just thought that they had won it. That that's kind of lame if they uh, lost that Super Bowl. Well, or how about the missing well. playbook from the Falcons? You remember that story oh that came out? Oh my god! You remember that? Yeah. The the playbook for the Falcons Super Bowl went missing <laughs> and it was never recovered. Did someone like 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 steal it? Yeah. So someone lost. I forget whose it was. <laughs> they lost it at the media day. Yeah. And they I don't know if they found it. No, I don't think they ever found um, it. But, yeah, it was like one of the coaches like lost their playbook. Yeah. and uh, I wonder who took it. it. Someone wearing a Patriot jersey. <laughs> oh, man. So, let's see. I'm trying to find. It was in 2015. So, do, 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 do. Became effective for the 2016 season. So, yeah, it was the year before Super Bowl 51. Uh, so Super Bowl Fifty, which one was that one? It's the Big L. Super Bowl Fifty. That was obviously that was Bron- That was the Broncos. And the Wait, Panthers. what? This makes no sense. Was it? Mm. So I guess it had to be fifty-one. This yeah. is Seahawks. These dates aren't making sense. The internet can complicate things sometimes. It happens. Hmm. Wait. I'm telling so, you, though. Anyway, though. So, yeah, he he destroys his phone. Uh, Belichick was, of in true Belichickian way, uh, uncooperative in every way. Uh, and it it's just why feel the need. So, it was the year that they beat the Seahawks. I got it now. Mm-hmm. It was the year that they beat the Seahawks. Um, oh, wow. So... It's just why, yeah. why? Why feel the need to delete your phone? Uh, destroy <laughs> your phone? It wasn't like he just lost it yeah. or something like it. I'm. It was just destroyed. Um, it's just why feel the need to do that? And then as far as the Super Bowl Fifty One, uh, there were three different plays where it was pretty clear on video that the Patriots did not were not successful in whatever they were trying to do. Um, there was the winning touchdown, like the one that won the game. Uh, the running back was very clearly short. Like he yeah, was definitely like it was a very generous spot, and they just gave it to him. And they gave him the touchdown to win the Super Bowl. Unbelievable! I guess the refs wanted to go home or something. Oh well, no! You know what they did? They 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 went up to the refs and stuck a few twenties in their back pockets. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they really did. There's something crazy. How about after the Super Bowl with the Patriots won, and we find out. His wife saying, "Oh well, oh well, my husband was playing with multiple concussions, but the team or nor the league said said boo. I mean, did they have did they have concussion protocol back back then, or is like they did? But it's kind of hard because if a player gets concussed, they don't want to say anything. They want to keep playing, like." That makes sense. Gron- I'm just saying, like, Gronkowski like, recently uh, said, like a week ago, that he's suffered 20 concussions at least. Mm. Which uh, that's a, that's a 
that's crazy amount. But, I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, that's yeah. it's a very unfortunate reality of the game. I have another conspiracy here for the Patriots. Let's hear it. The thermometer gate with the, the thermometer Jets. Gate. Yes. So this was a game, I believe. Yes, this was in 2017. According to ESPN, Patriots coach Bill Belichick made sure thermometers were placed inside the Jets' tunnel to remind them just how cold it was at Foxborough on Sunday. The report also said that thermometers were replaced behind the Jets' bench, but not New England's. While the intimidation tactic could work, New York isn't exactly new to cold weather. The Jets players likely won't be too concerned with the conditions, even though it will be 13 degrees at the 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. New England has raised questionable tactics throughout the years, from Spygate to Deflategate. It appears the Patriots can add thermometer thermometer gate to the list. Yeah, so they screwed with the thermometers in front of the Jets' locker, and I think they went out there. They could have bugged them. Yeah. They really could have. Throw some microphones, throw a camera or two. And how about when they were playing the Steelers in one game? It could have been the championship game or one playoff game. The, the, the Jesse al- James? that uh, The Jesse James catch? Ooh, that's a conspiracy. Oh, no. Is that not what you were going for? No, it was that the Steelers were in a hotel and someone. Yeah. You remember hearing about yes. that? Yes. I remember the hearing about that. Crazy. They, so, so someone set off the alarm before their several game. Several times. Yeah. It was like midnight. And someone kept going to the the hotel that the Steelers were staying at, and they pulled the fire alarm like seven times yeah. throughout the night. I don't know how they they let that keep happening. Um, Bill Pelichick's paws are written all over <laughs> it. It really is. That's how how does that happen? But uh, what's gonna say? Oh yeah, so back to the Super Bowl uh-huh. on the screen pass to tie the game. Uh, there was like a little three-yard screen pass to the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, the all the wide it was uh, triple or trips to the left. Uh, so like three wide receivers out to the left. Yeah. Um, two of them started blocking immediately before the pass was thrown. That's offensive pass interference. Yeah. Should have gotten called back. It did. They missed it. Um, of course. And it was by like a several seconds, like. Maybe like two or I shouldn't say several, two or three seconds before uh, the ball was caught that they were blocking, which is not allowed. You have to wait for the ball to be catched or caught before uh, you start blocking. Yeah. Um. So there's a lot of a lot of mystery behind. Yeah, the New England Patriots. Those New England Patriots. And those stupid uniforms. <laughs> I hate the, that logo and uniforms. Max, you, you want to feel even more crazy? What's that? D Ford. The Chiefs win. No. Yeah. It was on a. It was on an on an offside penalty. Yeah. Do you think that was That's a conspiracy? Unreal. I mean, he was lined up offside. Yeah. That's just yeah. that's that's on him. <laughs> Who else? Where else does that happen? In the in in the, in the conference championship, like a, like a, a defensive penalty with that much luck. Yeah. Oh, they always they always get all the calls. They get all the breaks. And another example too is that remember the, that whole year with the whole overturning the calls. The Jesse James is a good example. Yeah. When oh, Austin yeah. Safarian Jenkins for the Jets had that catch against the Patriots and it like rolled under. It didn't yeah. even touch the ground and they called it back. Unbelievable. And then with uh, Jesse James, he didn't like survive the ground even though he dove. Yeah. It was it was the oh, same exact thing as Zach Ertz's uh, touchdown catch in Super Bowl Fifty Two. Yeah, it, it was so identical. Um, you saw 
though. That was uh, Des Bryant. I know that Des Bryant was against Patriots. It was against the Packers. It was against the Packers. It was a big spot. Kind of turned the fortunes of the Dallas Cowboys yeah. for many years. But, I mean, that, that, that happens. You know, the, the NFL has a lot of issues. And when they're going to be called upon to negotiate this next CBA, uh, you know, answers will need to be given for certain questions about the catch rules, about the helmet, the helmet, about actual physical contact on, on the field and the and, and the penalties and and a, a bunch of other stuff. So I mean, the NFL has a lot of issues that need to be solved. It does, yeah. really does. So we're gonna finish. Uh, we're gonna do one last conspiracy uh, before we st- before we finish how we started. Yeah. But for right now. Pete Rose had a secret agreement to be reinstated to baseball after his lifetime ban. Uh, He was obviously suspended for for a lifetime ban Mm -hmm. for gambling on baseball games when he was the manager of the Reds. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, the commissioner at the time, Bart Giamatti, died eight days after his suspension was handed down. Uh. And people thought that the, the lifetime ban was more just talk. And that Bart would have eventually uh, reinstated him. Mm-hmm. However, when Bart died, people believe the promise to Rose died with him. Wow. Mm. Do you think Pete Rose should ever go into the Hall of Fame? It's tough. I think, I, I, I think he should. I think he should because he didn't cheat when he was a player, when he was a manager. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even though, like, well, actually, we don't isn't even good. Know. We, yeah, it's true. We don't even. He was probably still betting on games. It just mattered more when he was a coach yeah. because sometimes he was betting against the Reds. Sometimes he was like, he was like, I don't want to say fixing games, but he was kind of fixing yeah, games. That's he, true. He would bench people and change the roster depending on how he wanted his bets to go. Yeah, so that's was, sketchy. Yeah, that's yeah, bad. It was not good. So. So now we'll end the show with our last conspiracy oh, with how yes. we started it. So, Max, yeah. tell me, why is O.J. Simpson truthfully innocent? Oh, well, I don't know if he's innocent, but we were talking about this last week, huge topic in which O.J. may not have been the killer of yes. Nicole Brown. Yeah, so obviously uh, – a lot. I've been saying obviously so many times. <laughs> um uh, O.J. Simpson had killed Goldman. his. Were the was it an ex-wife or current current wife? It was ex-wife. Ex-wife. His ex-wife. Uh, his boyfriend, I believe. Then boyfriend. Yes. Uh, he killed her, but a, he was found innocent. However, a lot of people don't think he was innocent. Some people think that he was very obviously guilty with the the shrunken leather glove. Yeah. Uh, and so many other things, and it certainly didn't help that O.J. was shortly after arrested uh, for kidnapping his nephew, I believe it was, uh, and also stealing a bunch of his merchandise. Back. Yeah, yeah, the memorabilia. But uh, explain to me what Kim was telling us again. Last week. Oh, that they didn't even look into his son, the drug dealers who were selling drugs to Nicole. They didn't even bring them in for... Like a, what was it, what do they call that when they bring you in for, oh, an interview. Interrogation. Yeah, interrogation. They didn't even bring them in. Yeah, uh, OJ was the only suspect. Yeah. He was the only one. That was it. Yeah. They didn't, uh, apparently his son had, was a very violent 
He had like a knife collection. He he was really into knives and go really? figure. You think you could look something up on that? I, I have an article pump I uh, pulled up on here actually about OJ Simpson's hypothetical confession. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh read us about that. It or was basically a thing where he said if I did it, he talks about fighting with Goldman on the lawn, kind of getting into a karate thing. This is in quotes. Uh, and he said that he had no memory of what happened before all the blood and stuff. And he said, I hate to say this, but this is hypothetical. He said, I don't think any two people could have been murdered the way they were without everything being covered in blood. Another big thing is that O.J. Simpson had a history of domestic uh, abuse, domestic abuse and domestic violence. Never once was a knife involved in those situations. It was always, so if OJ were to kill her, it probably would have been from strangulation or something like that, blunt force. So it made it very odd that it was a knife instead of just brute force. I don't know. Something just tells me that he did it. I don't know why. There's just something about it that tells me that he did it. I ain't going to say he's a normal person. We all saw that Twitter video where he, uh, his very first Twitter oh, video. Yeah, I, have some, I have some scores to settle yeah. where his words. Everyone thought he was going to murder people. Like, actually, like, I, I was actually scared that he was going to murder someone. I didn't know who. But he is not, like, he's not. He, so, there's, there's a screw loose. There's yeah. a screw loose. I don't know what yeah. it is. Pavetta, what is your take on that case? For me, yeah. All I know is that he, like, during that trial, he got like, like the top lawyers in the country. He oh, spent, he did. Like four, like four million dollars on just his, on just his, 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 his legal team alone. Like Johnny Cochran. Yeah. And like the other, I forget the names of of, of, of the other lawyers. Rob but Kardashian. Or is it, what's his name? What's his name, Rob Kardashian? That's the... No. Oh, yeah, it's Uh, also Robert, yeah. yeah. He named named his son after himself. Yeah, Rob Kardashian and uh, Johnny Cochran. They were, they were the, they were the best of the best. And they, I believe that they got, that they got their way. (laughs) Yeah. They did what they had to do. So. Do you think he did it? I mean, it's I, popular opinion to say that he did, that he did, but you know what? It's, it's it's one of those cases where we're never going to know unless he himself comes out and says it, mm-hmm. or one of, or somebody of interest comes out and says it. So uh, there is this man in uh, Texas who he's made it his life goal to accumulate evidence. He he's an investigator. Uh, so it's not like he's just some random guy. Uh, his cl- his name's William Deere, and his whole goal is to put together everything involving this case. And apparently, uh, they had what they assume was the murder weapon. Uh, it's a replica of a Gerber Mark V uh, knife des- designed for one purpose and one person only, and that's to cut and kill. And at the top of the knife, uh, there was like a chunk missing of the steel, and it matches with the location on uh, Nicole Simpson's stone or skull. There's so much evidence that points to OJ, and you know why 
was all messed up because of the whole Rodney King thing that was going on during that time. The L.A. police yeah, and the made, whole corruption. It made it, you know. So he, this guy says the LAPD didn't care at all about that knife. They didn't want it as evidence. Really? Yeah. They were not, at least, they were not a, even a little bit interested. What do they want then? They, they, just, they just didn't care. The footprints in the blood matched his shoe size. I yeah. believe the glove was found near his property or on his property. There was blood on the, in the Bronco. But his son, who was either he was on or he uh, is on at the time of this article that I'm reading, uh, he was on probation for assaulting his previous employer, employer with a knife. And he was in a psychiatric unit taking a, a drug called De, Depakote, Depa, Depakot maybe? I don't know. Uh, to control his rage disorder. Mm. And he also attacked two women. This is the son. But again, I've also seen videos on YouTube where people have called and complained because OJ went down to Nicole's grave and would start yelling at her grave. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not saying that... Like oh no no I'm just pr- just giving evidence why he's I think. obviously protecting his son. I don't think he likes her either. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think that you know there's a screw loose. He's a very very involved in it. Yeah, like he's a little bit more than an, a, just an accomplice. I would say. Yeah, because who knows maybe maybe the son was wearing the dad's shoes so that way it looked like the dad was there. But then because it was a different glove size. They could have had it, like, all planned out. You like, don't know. Because that line of if the glove fits, you must acquit yeah. is the most brilliant lawyering of the past 100 years, probably. Yeah. I'm telling you, they were the top lawyers in the country. It's, there was no case bigger, and they brought their A game. They truly, truly brought their A game. Now, do will we ever find out the true answer? You'll never know. Oh no, he, never. Unless, un, unless OJ confesses himself, or somebody that, or some, or some switch happens, or somebody that we haven't heard from mm. gives gives some sort of confession with evidence in hand. Mm. Yeah. But Max. Yeah. Max, before we end this show, may I? give a little a little um, praise and a little uh, uh, reflection to uh, uh, Eli Manning yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do your two seconds and I also want to recap the CT Horror Fest with you too Wait, what? I also want to recap this, the Connecticut Horror Fest this past weekend with you too I know you wanted to talk about that with me but you were at the game on Monday night yeah, we could I would hold that for like next Mm-hmm. This is uh yeah, so well with the Eli with, with the Eli Manning. Um it honestly was going to end ugly no matter what. Um the only way that it was gonna end gracefully is if the Giants were to somehow win the Super Bowl this year, which <laughs> clearly they were never going to. They're going to with with a with with a, with a putrid defense. And it was only a matter of time. Um, as a Giant fan, I have had to sit through the last seven years since the Super Bowl where they beat the past 2000-2012. The Giants, since that Super Bowl under Eli, are, I believe, 
15, or like 15 games under 500, something like that. More than 10 games under 500. They have not progressed as a franchise while the Cowboys and, of course, the Eagles have moved Woo. on. Go Birds. Even the Redskins have had their glory past the Giants, like, during that time. And Eli has been beaten down. He got, he's been, he, he is in the butt of jokes by many football fans for, for his whole career. Mm-hmm. And it has come at the, it, it all comes with, you know, the firing of Tom Coughlin, with the, with the garbage of Odell Beckham Jr., and the eventual signing of Odell to please Eli, then trading Odell for no, for just because. They drafted, they drafted Saquon Barkley for the fact that they wanted to give Eli one last run. Didn't work. The fact that Jerry Reese neglected to build a sturdy offensive line to protect Eli for so many seasons that ruined his career, ruined his, ruined his legacy these, these past seven years. And like I said, the NFC East divisional opponents, Cowboys and Eagles, they they progressed in their franchises. They they had they had GMs that built teams to sustain quarterbacks like Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott, while Jerry Reed and now Dave Gettleman are just they just never really did that. Mm. The only true weapon that Eli Manning ever had in his career was Odell Beckham Jr. So the legit option, other than Plaxico Burris. Eli never really had stars around him, but it all he he led the league in, in interceptions three times, which is a black mark on his career. His his overall record is at is at one sixteen and one sixteen, I believe, five hundred. But he has a but he has a very good record in the playoffs, and of course he has two Super Bowl MVPs, two championships against. Tom Brady, which will probably be at the top of Eli's resume for the Hall of Fame. And I'll just say this. I believe Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. He may be a compiler. He is in the top ten all time in passing yards, passing touchdowns, passing attempts. He did have that great streak of over, I believe it was 200-something straight games. Yeah, he he was close to breaking Favre's record. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I believe I believe he's a Hall of Famer just by the stats and the Super Bowls. The Super Bowls put him over the top, in my opinion. Mm. So, I mean, you gotta thank I I gotta thank Eli Manning to be truly um, in a town where there hasn't been that much championship glory. There's been more championships in in, in, in other cities in this country. New York has certainly been destitute in terms of winning. The Giants have two Super Bowls in this century. So, and you gotta thank Eli Manning for that. Mm-hmm. So, I just, gotta, I just wanted to say that to finish off the show. Well, Pavetta, um, I actually just, just want to recap the Horror Fest real quick. And just in case we oh, forget yeah. about it next week or or anything. how about we save it for next week and next week we go over some uh, not necessarily horror movies but movie conspiracies. Oh, I have one specific in mind that well, I, I will I will well, pitch I c- to you. I'll, I'll get the CT horror fest thing done now because I have a lot of movies about that, so that'll take up the whole episode. All right, all right, go through it. So, 
this weekend was a great experience at the Connecticut Horror Fest. The line to get in there wasn't that bad because I pre-ordered the tickets. But I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> when I got in there, though, the atmosphere was crazy with people in costumes all over the place. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And it, oh, yeah. But there were, like, freaks, like, these people that walked. The people getting dressed in the parking lot in <laughs> costumes. I mean, tattoos all Those over these. Fans. You gotta embrace that. No, not these, Pavetta. Hold on a minute. There were people with tattoos and piercings that covered their whole face. Oh, man. I was like... Hey, more power to them. Yeah, it is. I was like, I've never seen anything like this. Oh, my God. But, I mean, the lines were... Well, for David Naughton, who played the werewolf in American Werewolf in London, his line was short. Don Shanks, who played Michael Myers, his line was short. And But Daniel Harris and Doug Bradley's line, oh, my God. Daniel Harris's line was... I had to wait, I think, about an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, my god! And that's why I posted on my story one step at a time. She went on a lunch break for, like, 40 minutes or so. Gotcha. And so I was stuck wow. in the same standing position for about 40 <laughs> minutes. Ugh, that's it's rough. Worth it, though, dude. It, I waited I wait online the, uh, the uh, Ric Flair for like, for, like, two and a half. Oh, my God. That's, that's the price you got to pay to meet, you know, people that you want to meet. Like the oh, it was worth it. It was very worth it. And I, She's very nice, too, she said. Yeah, oh, yeah, very nice. And and they were all personable. They really care about their fans. They're not rushing you through the lines where you expect when you go to meet and greet a celebrity. It's kind of a, a yeah, cause they want to get they're to like, as many people like, as possible. Next, yeah. right? They sign it next. They weren't like that. They took their time with their fans. They took pictures. You know, That's if you nice. had any questions, you just asked them. That was pretty much it, but it, it was definitely a great experience. And I know Pavena was, oh man, he was excited when I when he saw I met Daniel Harris. You were Pavena. Oh yeah. Cause you're oh, yeah. you're a huge fan. Cause, Cause she starred in like my one two of my favorite like horror movies ever. Oh, yeah. You know, those are must to watch this, this this upcoming October. Oh, they always are. Mm-hmm. They always are. But that was pretty much it. The, I mean, but I, I'm looking forward to next year. They already announced it's September 12th, same area, Naugatuck Center. So I'm looking forward to going again. <laughs> Rack up. Pre-order the tickets already. Yeah, they haven't listed the link. I looked today, <laughs> but as soon as that pre-order link goes up, I'm going to be getting them. But let me uh, say this. Tobin Bell, on top of getting all the tickets, he wanted $80 for an autograph. I didn't meet him. He played the yeah, jigsaw. He's the jigsaw killer. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I can't pay that. I have college bills to pay. <laughs> I should have told him that. I'd be like, yeah, we could take a picture, but I'm not paying the $80. <laughs> I got right, student right. loans. Oh, my. Uh, let me get my, uh, my, my social in. Yes, so Pavena. So on Instagram, at T-A-N-O-O-T-H-9-6. Yes, and the Twitter page for the Conspiracies, Crimes, and Curses podcast is at CX3Podcast. Go follow that. Spread the word. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Podbean, and we're looking into more avenues. But give them your socials. Uh, my name has been and will continue to be Jordan Malik, and you can find me on Instagram at J-O-R-D-O-N-M-A-L-I-C-K. Again, Jordan Malik. That's Jordan with two O's and Malik with a C, not like Rami. 
<laughs> uh, so next week we will be diving into movie conspiracy. I'm already yes. looking forward to next week. And you know what? Favena, I thought about this for a long time. Do you think we should make Donnie officially a member of the podcast? It's up to him. I'm 100% Would you be down? I, I, I'll stay for just this last season. I'll stay as a rotating third chair because this is something. This has been you two's thing, uh-huh. but we can talk more behind the scenes. Okay, yeah, we'll be talking more. Because I'm always happy scenes. to be here. Yeah, you know we'd that. love to bring you part of the show because you, you bring more. You bring a lot of character to the show. Where me and Pavetta, thank you. I really we, appreciate we just, that. We discuss a lot, and you bring a lot more information. Whereas me and Pavetta, we just discuss an issue and we just branch off from there mm-hmm. where you bring the actual facts and we we need that <laughs> we, we need that because we do the research but we always branch off into something else but it's definitely needed and prevent oh, it yeah. anything else oh me yeah oh, um, uh, one question for Don um, this pertains to the to the WRED you starting off you're, you're starting off the semester with uh Eye of the Storm, right? Or is it going to be different? As always, always Eye of the Storm first. And what and what date is that you guys are shooting? So this Friday is our host auditions, then next Friday is Eye of the Storm. Awesome, awesome. And I love how you guys got that, got that second day. That yes. Monday. I, I'm very that, happy about it too. Because that just clears up a lot of stress that we, that, that we went through. For yeah, amen. Last year. Hmm. Yeah, we're actually doing uh, FAL. We're taping it mostly on. Well, we're planning to have Friday be j- like mostly rehearsals. And then if we have extra time to also tape it, but we're we're expecting to use that Monday very heavily for FAL, which is very nice. Hmm. Awesome, awesome. Perfect, perfect. All right, guys. Well, I will. List, I will. Get back on with you guys next week. It should be fun. Wish you guys all a good night. You Same too, to Pavetta. you, Tony. Have Take a good care. night. Yeah. And good night to all the listeners. Yes. Have a wonderful night. Yes.